0: Coming up on Harvard Chan This Week in Health, a new death link to Ebola in Sierra Leone, just hours after health officials declared that the West African Ebola epidemic was over. Plus, a new twist in the battle to finally eradicate polio and helping kids eat healthier. The new guy that encourages children to make good choices and stay active. Hello and welcome to Harvard Chan This Week in Health. I'm Noah Levitt.
1: And I'm Amy Montemiro.
0: Amy, topping our news this week, the World Health Organization is confirming a new death linked to Ebola in Sierra Leone. The announcement comes just hours after the WHO said the Ebola epidemic in West Africa had ended. Officials continue to warn that there may be some flare ups throughout the region due to persistence of the virus among survivors. The WHO says Sierra Leone, Guinea, and Liberia all remain at highest risk for new cases. On Thursday, officials said that Liberia was Ebola-free, 42 days after that country treated its last two cases of the virus. The two-year-long epidemic has killed more than 11,000 people. In the wake of the Ebola epidemic, there have been calls for change at the WHO, aimed at making the organization more responsive to future epidemics. Among those calling for change has been Ashish Jha, K.T. Lee Professor of International Health at the Harvard Chan School. Jack co-authored a recent report in the Lancet that criticized the WHO for its slow response to the Ebola outbreak. The report called for the creation of an independently governed WHO center dedicated to outbreak response.
1: Health officials in the U.S. this week are weighing whether they should warn pregnant women not to travel to Brazil and other Latin American and Caribbean countries. This comes amid growing concerns surrounding the mosquito-borne Zika virus, which has been linked to brain damage in newborn babies. According to the New York Times, the virus first appeared in South America in May. It often causes mild rashes and fevers, but pregnant women who contract the disease appear more likely to have children with small heads and damaged brains, a condition called microcephaly. Local transmission of the virus has been found in a total of 14 countries, including Brazil, which is dealing with a surge in newborns with microcephaly. There have been only a few isolated cases in the U.S., all people who had recently traveled overseas. There's currently no vaccine for Zika virus, but officials at the National Institutes of Health say they are working on one. Health issues were a major focus as President Obama delivered his final State of the Union address.
0: Amy, the president said Vice President Biden will lead a new, quote, moonshot effort to cure cancer by making advances in treatment and prevention. The VP has already started meeting with cancer researchers and has stated that one of his goals is to increase information sharing among scientists. Meanwhile, during the State of the Union, the president also said he'll push Congress for more funding aimed at eradicating malaria.
1: And Noah, while the president did not directly address guns, there was an empty seat in the First Lady's box to symbolize those lost to gun violence. That symbolic gesture came a week after the president announced new executive actions to expand gun control.
0: A U.S. panel has finalized controversial breast cancer screening recommendations for women. According to the Washington Post, the Preventive Services Task Force says that women between the ages of 50 and 74 with an average risk of breast cancer should get a routine screening once every two years.
1: And Noah, this is a key recommendation because insurers and government programs often look to these guidelines when deciding what preventative services will be covered. But that screening recommendation is at odds with other medical organizations.
0: That's right, Amy. For example, the American Congress of Obstetricians and Gynecologists recommends that regular screenings begin at age 40, and the American Cancer Society calls for screenings to start yearly at age 45 and then move to every two years once a woman turns 55. Now, Congress has even endorsed these earlier screening guidelines and has taken action ensuring that women in their 40s will still be able to get annual mammograms at no cost. Now, it's important to note the debate over screening only applies to women with an average risk. Not those who have specific genes or family history that puts them at a higher risk, or women who may have symptoms, such as a lump. As always, if you have questions, discuss them with your doctor or healthcare provider.
1: New dietary guidelines in the U.S. are drawing mixed reviews from nutrition experts.
0: Amy, those new guidelines recommend limits on added sugars, sodium, and saturated fats in our diet while lifting a cap on total fat. Instead, the recommendation is to add healthy fats into your diet. Also important is an emphasis on diets that are rich in fruits, vegetables, and whole grains.
1: But experts here at the Harvard Chan School say there are some troubling omissions. Walter Willett, chair of the school's nutrition department, says that the new guidelines strayed from key recommendations that scientists made, including specific advice to cut back on red meat and sugary
0: beverages. Amid this debate over the new dietary guidelines, Willett and the Harvard Chan School have launched a new effort aimed at helping kids eat healthy. The new visual guide, called the Kids Healthy Eating Plate, will help kids, parents, and teachers identify good food choices while also emphasizing the importance of physical activity. We spoke with Willett about some of the key recommendations. He said this plate provides more information than guidelines from the U.S. Department of Agriculture.
2: For example, the... Uh, USDA plate says grains. Well, uh, the whole difference is whether it's whole grains or refined grains. Uh, Refined grains are stripped of most of the minerals and vitamins and fiber that naturally come with grains. So we've just made the simple modification of saying whole grains instead of refined grains. And too many refined grains actually lead to more weight gain and diabetes. If we move on to the USDA protein section, that says, just protein and it makes a big difference which kinds of protein packages we consume. Uh, lots of evidence show that a high consumption of red meat and especially processed meat like bacon and hot dogs and bologna, uh, those foods lead to more weight gain, more diabetes in the long run, more heart attacks. Uh, even though we think of those as adult diseases, we see diabetes uh, starting even in childhood uh, these days and we say healthy protein, and we have some little additional notes that says that that means, in fact, almost any other source of protein than red meat, uh, that poultry is part of the mix is fine fish is actually important to have because there's omega-3 fatty acids coming from that, and uh, adding more plant protein than we've traditionally done in the U.S. diets, and that can be things like beans, uh, soy products,
0: Willett says the plate also emphasizes the importance of healthy fats, such as olive oil, and avoiding sugary beverages in favor of water.
1: The Kids Healthy Eating Plate is designed to complement a Harvard Chan-developed school program called Eat Well, Keep Moving. Kirsten Davison, the Donald and Sue Pritzker Associate Professor of Nutrition, says that healthy eating plate can act as an important conversation starter for parents and teachers with kids, especially when it comes to kids who may be pickier eaters.
3: So, for example, one fun thing they might point out is, oh, I see that there's some t- tennis shoes on there. Well, you know, why is that there? This is about food. Um, and so that then gives the, the adult the, the chance to talk about a healthy lifestyle overall and that physical activity is a really important part of this. Um, And I think there are various things throughout this picture that um, really are a launch pad to conversation. Another one might be sort of the healthy protein. The children will recognize the chicken and the fish and they might ask, you know, where's the steak? Um, And again, we have information on how parents and teachers can respond to that about healthy proteins and what this looks like. Hopefully can encourage parents to keep trying with some of these um, particularly fruits and vegetables so we know that kids um, in general will initially be quite rejecting of bitter foods vegetables typically fall into the bitter food category Um, we also know that it really takes repeated exposure to become accustomed to this and so a recommendation for parents is perseverance to introduce a new vegetable whether it be carrots or whatever but it can take six to you know eight to ten introductions before a child will actually be responsive to this so to, to keep trying um, and eventually you know this taste preference will come with time
1: to view the kids healthy eating plate yourself and to see the recommendations visit hsph.me kids plate finally in this episode there's an interesting twist in the battle to eradicate polio
0: Amy, the world is very close to that goal. There are only about 70 cases of wild polio worldwide in 2015, down from about half a million in the middle of the 20th century.
1: And Noah, according to Vox News, scientists need to figure out how to address the small but remaining threat of a handful of polio cases each year, which may be caused by the vaccine itself. 26 cases last year were linked to the vaccine. So for some background, There are two types of immunization that children receive, an oral vaccine and an injected vaccine. It's important to note that the vaccine is extremely safe, but there are some risks. The oral vaccine, which 3 billion children have received, is easy to administer, but does contain live strains of the virus, which in rare cases can mutate into a virulent form. The injected vaccine is considered safer because it contains dead strains of the virus, But experts say that because the vaccines are manufactured from extremely virulent strains of polio, mistakes can happen.
0: So what can be done to eliminate vaccine-derived cases of polio? One step may simply be replacing oral vaccines with injected vaccines, something that WHO intends to do, and something that the US did back in the year 2000. Even then, experts say that strains of the virus could still be carried in some people, even if they don't get sick. And if the world gets complacent and stops immunizing kids against polio, infections from the vaccine-derived strains could reemerge. That's why many scientists say more research around vaccines is still needed, which could include the development of different strains to be used in immunizations. And it's definitely a story we'll continue to watch in the coming years.
1: That's all for Harvard Chan this week in health. I'm Amy Montemuro.
0: And I'm Noah Levitt. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes U. Just search for Harvard University or find it on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash harvardpublichealth. And as always, you can visit hsph.harvard.edu to stay up to date on the latest health news.